Uh, thank you, Yvonne. Beautifully read and a very long reading. We do appreciate that. Um, morning, everyone. My name's Toby. I'm the pastor here. Great to have you with us. Um, we're looking at Jesus. Now, I'm talking about spoiler alerts. How often does someone spoil a good movie or book by telling you the ending? Yeah, it happens to me all the time. I remember way back when I was at uni, this is, I'm going to show how old I am now, there was this movie called The Sixth Sense. Bruce Willis, you might know it. Everyone was talking about it. And I hadn't seen it, and I was looking forward to it. And I had a, a loudmouth mate, and he was talking about the film. He goes, oh yeah, I wasn't surprised. And then he said five words that completely ruined the whole film. And then I went and watched it, and these five words were ringing my head. I knew too much. Now, I like movies, and a couple of weeks ago, Michelle, my wife, and I, we watched a, a movie, it was on Disney Plus, called Joy, about a young mum, a single mum, with a, we'll talk about a messy extended family. She's trying to survive, and again, the ending was a surprise. It wasn't what I expected. Now, often we look at the back, don't we? We look at the ending, or we read the last page of a book, and we spoil the surprise. Now, Yvonne read the whole two pages beautifully. I'm going to ruin the surprise by reading the last bit. It's the key to the whole of the Gospel of John. It's the key to Easter Sunday. And we see this last paragraph, uh, verse 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that my, by believing you may have life in his name. So John was one of the uh, apostles. He was with Jesus. He wrote his whole gospel and he says the reason he wrote it was so that you could believe in Jesus. There's only a couple of Jesus' miracles in this book. Heaps more teaching. But what he wants to do is to prove that Jesus is God. Now, this Easter, we've been looking at what Mary saw. On Good Friday, we looked at, at the cross through Mary's eyes. She was one of the eyewitnesses. And today, being the Resurrection Sunday, we're looking through Mary's eyes again. And if you're joining us, we're looking at Mary Magdalene. Uh, she was one of Jesus' disciples that had followed him through the countryside. So let's have a look at what Mary saw. Now, it's early Sunday morning and it's still dark when Mary walks to the tomb. There was no daylight savings for Mary on that Easter Sunday. Okay, right, no, we'll move on. And the tomb, the entrance of the stone had been removed. Now she's thinking, no, someone's stolen Jesus' body. And so she runs back to the disciples and Peter and John run flat out. There's no body. There's only his burial cloth being wrapped and they return home. But Mary's too upset to go home. She's outside the tomb and she's crying. And remember, she was there at the crucifixion. She saw Jesus die. And it's probably still in grief at the injustice of Jesus' crucifixion two days ago. 
They mistreated him when he died on the cross. Now they've mistreated his body. Bad enough that they've killed him, now someone's pinched his body. And she has a look in the tomb and there are two angels. We pick it up in verse 13, bottom of the first page. They, the angels, said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. You can imagine Mary, right? She, the, the disciples look in, nothing there, they go home. She's crying, crying, she has a look, there's two angels and they start talking to her. And she explains they've taken away his body, but notice that she says, my Lord. She believes that Jesus is God. Even though he's dead, she says, my Lord. And then she turns and sees someone she doesn't even recognise. Verse 15, Jesus said to a woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Now notice Jesus doesn't call her by name straight away. Probably doesn't want to give her a heart attack. He wants to help her to recognise him slowly. Instead, he asks her the exact same question as the angels. It's a bit of deja vu. And we're told that Mary thinks he's probably the gardener because who else hangs around that hour of the day? And she asks him, do you know where they've taken Jesus' body? She knows that he's died. She saw him die on the cross two days ago. And she saw them place his body in the tomb. And so she's logically thinking someone's taken the body. She wants to make sure that Jesus, her Lord, is given proper respect. That he can rest in peace, as we say. And that's why she's so upset. And then Jesus calls her by name, Mary, and she realises it is Jesus. Her grief and heartbreak transforms to joy and excitement. We're not told, but she must have fallen to the ground, maybe grabbed hold of his feet, maybe holding on to them. And Jesus says, don't hold on to me. Go and tell the others good news. Now, if I was Mary... You'd have a few questions, wouldn't you? You're like, how did you rise from the dead? Where'd you go? Were you conscious? Was there a bright light or is that just all rubbish? Like, what's the rush? Can't I ask you a couple of questions? But Jesus says, no, the others need to know. The others are still grieving. And so Mary has the news that's going to change everything, that's going to change history. Now, let's just think for a moment. Mary is the first eyewitness to Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Mary is a woman. The ancient world, gender equality was not a thing. In fact, women weren't treated well at all, let alone considered equals. Jesus, as a rabbi, having women that he taught, women as part of his disciples, that was radical. Because Jewish rabbis only taught men. Now, if the resurrection is not real, if it's made up, right? Let's say these disciples made it up and it was a big hoax. 
Why would Mary be the first eyewitness to Jesus? In the ancient world, in the court of law, which was very sexist, a woman's testimony would not be valid in a court of law. So if you're going to make up a story about a resurrection, you're never going to use a woman as the first eyewitness, let alone, you know, the key eyewitness. So it actually helps us to see that we're dealing with facts. Mary is the first of many to see the resurrected Jesus. And she obeys Jesus like she always has. She returns to the disciples with the news, the news that changes everything. I have seen the Lord. He is alive. He is the Lord. He's not just some religious nutter. He is the living God. And she tells them everything. And then nothing happens for the rest of the day. The disciples are scared. They are so scared, stiff, of the Jewish leaders. They've seen their leader being arrested, being tried and crucified. They are scared. They're like fugitives on the run. And it's like they're after them. So they lock themselves in the house. The doors are locked. Then out of nowhere, Jesus appears. Can you imagine their shock and amazement? Hang on a minute, we locked the doors. Where did you come from? And he says, peace be with you. He shows them his hands where the nails went in, his side where the spear went in. I am your Lord and Saviour. I am Jesus. And we read, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Glad? I reckon that'd be a bit more than glad. I reckon that'd be over the moon. You've beaten death. Suddenly, we're not the fugitives. We are with the living God. Everything is changed. He is God. He is the Messiah. The disciples, like Mary, believe that Jesus is his son, that he wasn't defeated on the cross, that he has defeated sin and death. But someone's missing. Thomas, we read in the second half paragraph, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, we're not told where Thomas was when they arrived. Maybe he was buying the the bread and the veggies for the next day. Maybe he was having an evening stroll. We don't know. But he hears the other disciples' news and he says, No, no, I want proof. I want to put my crummy finger in his hand. I want to see it for myself. Now, for Thomas, maybe he's thinking... The boys have lost it. You know, they're out of their mind. Grief has just overwhelmed them. They couldn't handle Jesus' death. Maybe they just made it up. Maybe they're so stressed out, they're not actually thinking straight. And their minds are playing tricks on them. They couldn't accept that he'd actually died, so they've made this up. So he doesn't believe them. Now, there's some people that have trouble believing that the king is dead. Maybe you're you're too young to know, but there was this king from America 
called Elvis Presley. Now, he died in 1977, but there's been many alleged sightings of the king, Elvis. A long-standing theory among Elvis fans thought he's faked his death. And the fans noted all the, um, you know, there's discrepancies in his death certificate, there's reports, there was a, a wax dummy in the coffin, and heaps of people say that he just wanted a nice, quiet retirement. And as late as 2005, fans reported seeing him come out of hiding and then he died. Now, I heard on the radio a couple of years ago, there was a report from the ABC 774 that Elvis was alive and well and working in uh, Vic Roads in Daninal. <laughs> right, so this is what we kind of deal with. You know, Thomas is thinking, oh, they just, they won't accept the king is dead. And he says, I will only believe Jesus risen from the grave if I can see the scars for myself. And what happens? Nothing. Eight days, a whole week goes by. Where is Jesus? What is he doing? We're not told. Verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked and Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. You see that? The doors are locked. But somehow he enters and stands with them and says, peace be with them, Thomas is there. How did he get in here? Is he a ghost? How did, how did he walk through the walls? Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. He tells him, right, here's my scars. Here you go, Thomas. Put your finger in. Have a feel. I am no ghost. Very fact that he has the scars proved that it's the same man that was on the cross. Here I am in the flesh. No denying it. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, you have believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And we call, you know, Thomas, he has that nickname, Doubting Thomas. Having felt the nail holes in Jesus' hands and his spear hole, he believes and he says, my Lord and my God, you are my God and my Lord, but Jesus rebukes him for his lack of faith. You believed because you saw and felt but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Now, I don't know if you've heard this excuse before. People often say it, don't they? Oh, I don't believe in Jesus. I would believe today if I could see him with my own eyes. But we have everything we need to believe. John's record on the historical events. We have the photos. We've got Mez and Chris, the photos of Jerusalem. And history always shows us that when there's a religious leader that is killed, his, his followers stop. You know, particularly with those dodgy sects, you know, those religious sects. Like we think of Jonestown or Waco, the modern examples. You know, once the leader's killed or dies, and then, you know, they try and take everyone with them, but it falls away. But you think about the church, after Jesus' death, the church explodes in size. 
Judaism is throughout the Roman Empire, but then Christianity overtakes and Christianity becomes the religion of the Roman Empire in a couple hundred years. Christianity continues to grow and grow in every nation and in every people group, and it is still growing. So when people, they say to me, why are you a believer? You must be because of your family. And I say, no, my family are very loving atheists. Why do I believe in Jesus? Because Jesus did what no one else has ever done. Jesus defeated death. Jesus came back from the dead and is still alive. I don't want to believe in someone who has no knowledge of afterlife. I don't want to trust in my life to someone who has never gone past the grave. You think about it, like you don't take your car to a dodgy mechanic. You take your car to a mechanic you trust. You know, I always look at the pilot and I make sure they got the ID badge because, you know, I don't want to get in a plane with a pilot who can't fly a plane. Now, if I'm only going to trust a pilot who can actually fly a plane, why am I going to trust someone with my life if they haven't actually defeated death? I see, no religious leader has defeated death apart from Jesus. No scientists, no doctors have been able to find the Holy Grail everlasting life bar Jesus. That's why I'm a Christian, because Jesus rose from the grave. The more you read God's word, the clearer it will come. Like Carol, the more questions you ask, the better you get informed. If Jesus died on the cross and had not risen from the grave, there would be no victory. But he did rise from the grave, so we have the victory. So I want to finish with a question. What do you believe in? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Because if you do, it's a game changer. Because if he really rose from the dead, well, then you have hope no matter what happens in this life. But maybe this is all a bit new for you. Maybe the whole thing of rising from the dead is just a bit too hard. It was for me. But then I wondered, what is the facts? What actually happens? And let me encourage you to find out the facts. You know, John wrote his gospel so that we could know Jesus and believe. The best thing to do is read John's gospel. We'll have copies at morning tea that you can you can take read it for yourself as we're advertising christianity explored the great way of finding out about something is to explore it you don't marry someone on the first date well it's probably not good good thing to do some do it um and so you want to find out more about jesus don't you why because death is certain but it doesn't have to be the end Look at the facts. Find out for yourself. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for Mary. We thank you that she was willing to believe everyone and everyone else wasn't. Thank you that you rose Jesus from the grave and that he revealed himself to Mary. Father God, we thank you too that Jesus keeps revealing himself to people throughout the ages. And we thank you for revealing yourself to Carol. Father God, help us to work out for ourselves 
Did Jesus rise from the grave? Is he really your son? And Father God, we thank you for those of us who believe it, that it is a transformation. That we don't have to fear death, that we don't have to fear anything because we have Jesus, the one who has defeated it all. Thank you so much for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.